0: warning josh is not an expert in any of the crap he talks about he simply uses his head and does a lot of research so you the audience don't have to keep in mind he doesn't know everything so take the he says with a grain of salt what's going on people this is josh from josh said what the podcast that'll change the world and i have here with me a very special guest the slick masterman the mastercraft the skill the refined and the guy with the most beautiful mustache in the world. I got cup man, Casey Decker. How you doing, man? Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How's your morning so far?
1: That's ah, good. It's good. You know, get the kids out to school is always yeah. a challenge. Probably my challenging part of the day is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just very get true. the kids out the door. Then it gets quiet. <laughs> yeah. My kid actually just started school this week, too. So I'm pretty happy about that. that's awesome yeah yeah Yeah, and i gotta say i gotta say i love the mustache i love it man it suits you perfectly
1: thank you yeah it was a it was a joke that just became a trademark we were i back when uh covid had us all working from home and and my old position the the guys i worked with have grown these like huge beards and I got like that Joe Dirt, like white trash DNA thing where I can only grow (laughs) certain spots. So I was like, well, I can't grow that gorgeous beard. And I'm like, I'm going to grow like a Raleigh Fingers mustacher. And I went with it and just for fun. And then it kind of just stuck. And now people recognize me from it. And I'm like, ah, I guess I got to keep it or, you know. It's become kind of like a trademark thing for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it suits the persona too of a cup man because it's like when if people didn't know you and they just walked into the room, they saw you like uh, in how you dress up for the fights and everything, they see the mustache, like guarantee that's the guy. That's the guy.
1: I've had people recognize it. It's funny. I was at Quick Trip once getting some gas and a guy came up to me. He's like, hey, have you heard of Rough MMA? I'm like, no no i never it's like you look just like this guy let me show you this picture i'm like ah oh, I, I should hang out with that guy sometime or something <laughs> <You
0: know>? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's the greatest you just at a random gas station somebody recognized you and it's the signature mustache yeah. i'm jealous too i'm horrible i'm like call me patches oh because it just comes in Jo-Jert style
1: yeah that's my my beard it just it, it looks terrible so i'm like okay i'm, I'm gonna just go with this for now
0: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I get I haven't shaved in a minute but I got like just like patches here patches here I got a mole here that grows longer than anywhere else so I always consider this my ugly side <laughs> uh, that's awesome but anyways I wanted to ask you so how'd you get into it how'd you get into being a cut man to begin with I'm so curious
1: it started i'm getting old actually is the i guess is is how is um growing up my my dad was a fireman my mom worked at a restaurant and um so they they had odd hours Mm -hmm. and being little kids we'd have to go to grandma's house and it was kind of yeah you had two options in your grandma's house you could sit and watch like dynasty with grandma or you can go to like boxing with grandpa where you know he's gonna buy you candy and soda and, mm. you know all the all the stuff. so, so I'm, I'm gonna go to boxing with grandpa and uh so then it just kind of became you know this is pre i'm a date myself this was back in the 80s so it you know, mma wasn't even a thing we'd heard of yet so yeah you pretty much you like you went to karate kung fu boxing or like judo there was your choices you know and i was like oh i want to box and I did a little bit as amateur I I I didn't I didn't put in enough work to actually be good (laughs) like (laughs) but I I still play around at the gym and then at some point you're just kind of like ah you know my body doesn't react the same way it did you know many years ago and and uh I was like ah I'd still like to somehow be involved you know Mm -hmm. and the wife and I went to a UFC event here in Phoenix I can't even remember the number, the date. I remember it was, it was Francis Nagano versus Cain Velasquez uh, was the main event on that one. And I was watching these guys and I was like, you know, I I probably can learn how to do that. And just started looking for stuff online, reaching out to people. And then it grew from there. And uh, I think I, I, said i'm gonna do this and and a week later i got a call from somebody's like hey i'm in a huge emergency i need somebody right now can you be up here in in prescott valley friday and i was like yeah i I could be there Mm -hmm. and it just kind of grew from there
0: damn that's pretty awesome that's pretty awesome i still remember that in ganu versus velasquez fight that was just i didn't expect it to happen that way because i think it was what was kane's knee it blew out and then francis on the way down got him
1: it was a weird angle like from where i was sitting i'm like did he did he fall? Did he get hit? You know, I, I couldn't really see uh, to the repay Yeah, it looked like something kind of maybe gave out a little bit and he got caught on the way down. Um, it's definitely a fluke thing.
0: Um, yeah. Uh,
1: getting hit by Naganos is, is like getting hit by a truck, though. You know, it just, I just don't want to do it.
0: <laughs> I know. He sends you to the fifth dimension with just one punch. You get the uppercut, then you see Jesus for five minutes.
1: Yeah. I think I watched with Jackass where he was hitting him in the cup and I was like, God. <laughs> Oh my god! I felt like he gonna... pulled his punches on that too, because he generally looked like you want me to do what? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm
0: I want this to guy kill to anybody today. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I wonder incredible. if those guys
1: can have kids <laughs> after <laughs> all those years.
0: <laughs> I forget the one dude's name, but um he's the one that on the newest Jackass, he just had like the little mohawk. I forget his name, but it's like he gets the worst of the damage and they always go for the crotch shots with him. I guarantee he will not have kids at all in the future. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, no. So you got that's how you originally kind of got into and you started reaching out and then it branched off to where you had the opportunity at Prescott Valley. So with were you originally intending to be a cut man getting into it or did you originally start off on a different area?
1: I started off with boxing and and. You know, um, it was a different world back in the, even in the 90s, um mm-hmm. where, you know, like you would make friends and like, oh, I train at this school and we do karate and I trained at this school, we do Kung Fu and we'd get together and, you know, show each other things and, and spar and stuff. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: like the idea of ground fighting just never occurred to us. And then I, I believe it was in Black Belt Magazine. We saw an ad for the for the first UFC and we thought this was going to be like pro wrestling the way it was marketed we thought it was going to be like a hey we're you know pro wrestling like wwe wcw type thing so we so we got the pay-per-view and that first fight he kicked his tooth out we're like well what the hell is this you know (laughs) and then all right it's cool and then we then we saw hoist and you know here's this little guy in a gi on his back and we're like why why would you be on your back and he's submitting people and choking people. And we're like, what the hell is this stuff? You know, we'd never heard of jujitsu before. And mm-hmm. it was completely like blew our minds. We're like, wait, wait a minute. You can fight off your back, you know? And at that time where we're at there, were, there was no jujitsu schools around us. So
0: we yeah. were,
1: you know, rewatching what he was doing and trying it. And we were probably terrible. I mean,
0: we're were probably <laughs> absolutely
1: horrible. You know, just the little nuances that you get with having a coach or like a good instructable and, you know we're trying to do arm bars i don't think we ever did one right you know (laughs) and 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 yeah and then then i went off to the army i I boxed a little bit there like it it, yeah and yeah i got out and i just kept wanting to somehow keep involved with the sport i I Mm -hmm. know uh even to this people like hey you, you know you should try to be a judge you should try to be a referee and i'm like nah you know you guys piss everybody off. You know, <laughs> nobody's ever mad at me. Nobody gets mad at the cut man, but exactly, like, referees, judges, even when you're right, you know, they, you're gonna make somebody mad. So exactly, be that guy,
0: you know, <laughs> you don't want to be the half hated man that's walking yeah. in. And it's like, oh crap, I make one bad call and shit. The audience is coming in yeah, after then, me. You know, you they got a tough fun. job. Yeah,
1: I mean, just like being that close and you know seeing how the referees work. I mean, they they have fractions of a second between
0: Mm -hmm.
1: an early stoppage or a late stoppage and and i just wouldn't want that stress on me (laughs) you know yeah it's it's i love what i do you know i I love what i do i I, it's it's great you know wrapping hands is probably my favorite part because that's for a lot of guys that's the moment that like it becomes real for them yeah this is when they're sitting down getting the hands wrapped and inspectors there and and you get to to see a lot of cool personalities you know it, it runs the gambit from some guys just go stone cold stoic like other guys that just they, they get their stress out and they just don't make jokes the whole time and mm-hmm. crack me up so <laughs> it's fun
0: that's awesome and so uh, with being a cup man what steps did you have to go in order to secure that position like, I'm sure, did you have to, like, do any extra, like, training under people or stuff yes. like that? Okay.
1: Um, there are schools. They they travel around. They usually do seminars. Okay. Um, I know, like, obviously, during COVID and post-COVID, it, it's kind of changed. Um, I've done uh, Minute Medicine Man, which he's out of, and I did Fight Business Academy, uh, those two ones, and then just constant practice. uh mm-hmm good thing is is like practicing on my kids um because kids don't stand still you know like get a pro fighter even a a real like good amateur or anything they're good at standing still for wrapping their hands kids are constantly moving Mm -hmm. so i'm like if you can get the kid getting somebody to stand still gets real easy yeah um it wasn't wasn't hard training like i said a lot of it is independent practice they kind of show you the techniques and Mm -hmm. it's up to you to kind of build on that um From there, and you know, it's a lot of intuition. You that you know, that minute in between rounds that's a fast minute, yeah, when when you're in there. And you know, especially if it's a close like grappling match, I'm like, somebody's bleeding, I can't see where. And you know, so you got to get in there assessed, you know, and treat, and you got about 45 seconds total. And that's if that's if everything goes great, you know. sometimes guys get upset you know if they're having a bad round usually if they're having a bad round that's one of the busiest mm-hmm. uh, you know and they they don't want to get up right away or they don't want to get to the seat they want to you know get upset you know and which is understandable you know mm-hmm. getting punched sucks i don't care what anybody says getting hit in the face hurts <laughs> yeah. you know i mean god's bless these guys for you know it like one of the referees it might have been al made it that. It's like there's something wrong with us where we do this. Most people spend their whole lives avoiding.
0: There we go. You there?
1: Yeah, I lost you there. I don't. I don't know okay. which one of us it was. So,
0: I think it was me. I always have horrible internet. I blame the it city. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're out. What Havasu?
0: Yeah, like Havasu City. We have just absolutely atrocious internet. But we finally got allo Communications out here, so that's supposed to like really kick it up. Ugh. But anyways, back to what you are saying.
1: Uh, where were we at? Talking about the, in between rounds, the- uh, Yeah. Yeah, that minute goes fast. Like I said, you gotta kinda assess, get, get. I don't know, for lack of a better term, control of the fighter, and mm-hmm. see what damage is going to be the most likely to stop the fight. You can't always treat all damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you gotta see like, you know, you start to learn, you know, over time, like, okay, cuts here, you know, and especially when you work with the same doctors, you kind of know mm-hmm. what the doctor is looking for. Yeah. You know, cuts here, spilling here. Obviously the big one is eyesight. You know, if something blocks the eyesight, we've all seen it. If a fighter says, Hey, I can't see out of my eye, they wave it off. That's it. it there's no mm-hmm. going back from there, you know, and it, it happens a lot. And so we try to prevent that, you know, anything that's going to, to cause the doctor to stop the fight is our main focus, you
0: know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you're also saying something like Al. He was saying like most people they spend yeah. their whole lives like avoiding getting hit. But yeah, our guys they go in the cage. They're looking to get hit. Well, primarily yeah. hit and not get hit. But casualty of war, no matter what. They're it's gonna you're gonna it. get
1: hit. I mean, yeah. this is the way it is. No matter how good you are, at some point you're gonna get hit. And it's mm-hmm. and yeah. And they're just like, hey, when can I come back and do this again? You know, like
0: yeah, it becomes a drug. It's so addicting
1: yeah it's it's it is i'm sure psychologists psychiatrists or something have studied it and i, I don't i think it's just something about human nature you know in my yeah. opinion it's it's yeah that's what i think makes you know and, and it's weird for people on the outside looking in is, is when back when i had a corporate job they and i was doing this they're kind of like well aren't you worried working around these guys and i'm like what do you mean what are they are aren't they barbaric and brutish and i'm like I'll be honest with you they're 20 times nicer than anybody who works in this place you know yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that's the crazy thing that's that's one of the things i especially made me that's, fall in love with know, it.
1: it's it's a weird uh weird kind of world
0: yeah yeah that's the thing that made me fall in love with the sport is the fact that you can just go straight into it and it has oh, so much oh am i breaking up again
1: yeah you're breaking up just a little oh. bit there it goes go.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, but yeah, one of my favorite things about MMA is the fact that it just teaches discipline. It teaches to strengthen your will. And it's such a constructive outlet as well that it's like most fighters that you meet, they're probably the nicest people, most humble people you ever meet. And it's, I don't know, it's just that's why I fell in love with the sport, because you have an outlet as a fighter to just let it all out. And then you learn so much about not only the sport, but about yourself on a physical and on a mental level and just how it translates into the world.
1: Yeah. It's a mental game. In my mm-hmm. opinion, I mean, you obviously need the physical aspects, but you have to have that, that mental, that mental fortitude to, to drive on, you know, and I mean, we, we see it all the time with guys that had a rough round and, you know, come out there and get a comeback win. You know, um mm-hmm. and it's it's really impressive that that level of discipline and, and drive is is just and I think it carries over probably to every aspect of life for many of these guys, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can go through through that, you can go to a, a job, you know, it's mm-hmm. not hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going to a regular job isn't hard after that, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like a good example was the uh the guy Ashi versus Derek Frieda fight just this last weekend. That was a very good example.
1: That was my favorite fight of the night. Yeah,
0: it was such a war, like starting out, like from watching it, starting out in the first round, you had Derek Freida. He was kind of catching him constantly with that one, two, the overhand right. And Besnick, he did get dropped, I think, like once, but he kept on just grilling through it. And then as it progressed to the second and the third round, you saw Besnick make all the necessary tiny little uh, kinks and adjustments to the game and he just flipped the script entirely and by the end of the fight he was the one dominating and he managed to get that split decision win
1: yeah that one that was one i'm glad i didn't have to judge because rounds one and three were very clear on that one who won round two was yeah you know that was that was a a close one there and that that was probably my favorite fight from the night both those guys kept me busy yeah <laughs> kept me busy on that one
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah that was such a great fight and like derek even after he was like shit i ain't, I ain't sad or anything he was still all hyped up and excited because just the fact that he went through that amazing freaking showcase of a war and then when he walked out of the cage he's all just waving up the crowd hyping him up it was freaking awesome
1: he also has a pretty badass mustache too yeah he does he's got the that in the bars yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, how
0: yeah, long that, have you been a cut man?
1: Uh, little over three years is when I first like started making money, like oh, getting okay. paid to do it. Um, before that, it was it was a couple of years just kind of working in the gym, like different gyms that I go to, wrapping guys up, and um, I kind of lucked out. Uh, I'm not gonna pretend like I some great like genius or anything, but uh. Rob who who is a cutman for the the UFC lives like 5 minutes north of me and oh wow it's kind of accidentally like fell in with him and and made friends with him and that he was the guy that got me like my you know really got me going on that he he kind of like mentored me and, and put my name out there and he, he's a really great guy too nice he um, everybody I can't think of any person I've met in combat sports boxing MMA any of that that I wouldn't like to hang out with they're all just nice people
0: yeah it's such that's why I like it's such a chill sport and like literally going to the after party and chilling with some of the fighters I didn't realize it but Gustavo Lopez UFC fighter he was also at the after party so we're just chilling with them and they're just it's so cool to hang out with all these people get to meet and interact and everybody's just so chill so kind so patient and it's just you can sit down and have a conversation with anybody in this sport and I guarantee you're going to be just drawn into it
1: I try that with any other sport it's just you know um, I've gotten to, to train with some of these, some of these you know guys that have fought for championships some of these guys that are champions you know and I think thinking about it it's like I couldn't call up the Lakers and say, I want to play one-on-one with LeBron James. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But I've had gone to gyms for a drop-in and, you know, Hey, there's this guy that just, you know, fought on a USC pay-per-view main card. And I get a chance to roll with him or a chance to spar with him. And I'm like, that's, you know, and get advice and learn stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just really cool. I mean, that's just like, I, I can't think of another sport that happens then, you know, yeah where you can the top guys are just approachable human beings and not only approachable they're they're willing to pass on information and teach things at the same time it's it's really cool
0: yeah it really is that's why one of my favorite gyms going out in phoenix is az combat sports because kevin not he uh he trains out of there and uh It was like two years ago. I brought JJ Nelson with me over to that gym and he got to spar with Kevin a little bit. And it was like he was just so grateful for the experience because he got to actually spar and interact with UFC fighter, kind of pick his brain on how all of it works and like how to get into it and like what kind of training he does and everything. And the entire time, me and JJ were just bullshitting with Kevin. We're asking questions and he's such a super chill dude, so easy to talk to. And it's, yeah, that's another reason why i fell in love with the sport because just the people in there are absolutely amazing
1: yeah just top-notch human beings
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly and so have you only been doing uh cut work for rough only or have you been kind of working with other promotions too
1: i've worked with a bunch of different promotions uh wff when they were around uh, rise of the prospects i've done both their events well, okay I've done Rage in the Cage, Rough, uh, some Boxers. Uh, that's all I can think of on the top of my head. Um, Rough is the one I probably do the most. They they tend to put on the most events, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm really looking forward to whatever their next event was. With How good this last one was. Um, yeah, I, It was just, I feel bad for anybody who missed it, because that was probably one of the best of, hands down in any promotion from international high level to regional that was probably one of the best events i've ever seen it was fun that crowd had such a great energy that night too i mean it was loud in there you were there it was loud yeah it was, it was i, I awesome. went back and watched the video with with my family and they're like why are you using hand signals i'm like i could not we couldn't hear each other up on the, <laughs> up in the checking area i'm like i had to kind of hand signal i'm like hey take your stuff off you know because there it was just the crowds were just insane which always makes it more fun like yeah. when you have that good crowd and and uh what thing I, I like about working rough is they they build on that it's it's like every event is better than the one before it so i'm like where mm-hmm. where do we go from here you know yeah and the guys that run that you know cj adrian um and everybody they're just great guys too you know
0: jason they
1: really joel they're all yeah they're just they're hard-working guys too man <laughs> Those yeah just put in some work you know for For what they do, they put in a ton of work. So I got nothing but respect for them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Same here. Like I'll message CJ so often and we'll be talking about the fights or we'll be coordinating something and it's just – The fact that being able to interact with him and be able to talk to him and kind of like brainstorm, bounce ideas off of and work with him. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's hands down amazing. And it's, yeah. I've been telling all of them too, like, it's just a privilege being a part of this. It's so freaking amazing to be a part of all this, to experience it firsthand, to get to interact and talk with everybody and kind of pick their brains. Because I want to be in this sport for a long time too. Like my goal is to actually get into commentating. That's my goal
1: yeah i plan on i plan on dying cage side <laughs> just chilling just <laughs> over one day the bell's gonna ring they're like where's the cut man i'm just gonna be sitting there peaceful just yeah, done exactly. you know like you no know, not for a long time but like
0: <laughs> yeah exactly that's my
1: plan just just die out there somewhere
0: you know? yeah hell yeah that's the way to go go out as a legend
1: god that's awesome
0: but yeah i was uh, that event rough 48 was insane because it they just yeah. came off of finally finishing up the road to one heavyweight tournament and then they jump in this one and it's like, okay, how could they keep topping it over and over again? And they just find ways to do it. And then too, it's like, they, there was a big like Havasu city crowd there too. Like by, uh, when you're walking out to the cage on the left-hand side, almost all of that was nothing but people from like Havasu.
1: Yeah. And the red the guys with the red shirts, right? The people with the red yeah. shirts, I think.
0: Yeah, that was uh, Devin Ray's family. Freaking Devin, Trenton, and Brandon, they all fight out of here like Cavsu City. Boy, boy, they did us proud. They did us proud. I know Brandon, he got the L, but he still fought. He still fought his ass off. He still stepped into that cage. And it's no matter what, anybody that steps into that cage openly willing to put their life and their health on the line for it deserves the utmost respect because yeah. it only takes a certified badass to step in the cage and actually fight
1: yeah like I said most people will never even want to do that or maybe mm-hmm. they want to deep down inside I think most people want to yeah still, most people never will though and it's it's scary I mean it's yeah it is it's well I always think when you know some guys will try to be tough and be like, Oh, I'm not nervous at all. And I'm like, you're either a liar or a psychopath. <laughs> you
0: know, like yeah, exactly. you, you gotta
1: be, you gotta be a little nervous, man. You know, like, there's a lot that can go wrong, you know? And, you know, I mean, even, even guys I've talked to that are at the top of the level get nervous. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's good though. I think it's a good kind of nervousness. It's that keeps them sharp.
0: Yeah. You know? Cause it leaves that, that sense of wonder and, it's not, you're not being caught or trapped in that like sense of like, oh, okay, I'm just going to run through it. Be okay. Yeah. You're not going to keep predicting it. It's the sport is just unpredictable. Like anybody can be any guy on any given day, period. You could knock them out. You could TKO them. You could submit them. It could just, there's so many different ways to finish somebody. And you see some fighters like Brian Ortega, who literally got his orbital socket fractured when he fought Gut- or uh, Volkanovski. He was so
1: close to finishing that choke too. Yeah, And that's kind of the thing. That's one of the other things I love about, you know, even be boxing, Muay Thai, you know, MMA is it's one of the few sports that you could be losing until you win. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be down on every scorecard, final round, get beat, and you throw that kick or that punch and it lands and, and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do that. You know, a football game, if, if it's two minutes left in the game and it's 40 to three, the game's over. Everything else is gonna happen, you know. Ten yeah. seconds is a long time in a cage or a ring, you know. Anything can yeah. happen. It takes one just one bad move. I mean, we saw with this past weekend with dominant Cruz and, and Cheeto. Yeah, you know, I, I had dominant Cruz up on my scorecard and he got kicked, he got caught, and yeah, everything that happened before that moment didn't really matter in the in the outcome. Was,
0: yeah, exactly. Same too with like uh Jiri versus Glover. Like they actually had Glover winning on the scorecards. And then just in the last minute, like last 30 seconds, Jiri sinks in that rear naked choke and yeah. he just secured the win. And that was actually the first time Glover had ever been submitted yes. at all. So that was crazy. Just like that one made it even nuttier, mistake. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, hey, God's blessed Glover too. Man, he, we're, we're the same age. You know, <laughs> him, I think we're like a couple months apart in age and, and he's still going out there going strong. And I'm like, man, good for him. You know, this is yeah. not usually a, this is like young man's sport, you know? So for mm-hmm. a guy in his forties to be out there and, and and competitively be out there, you know, he's not, he's not a punching bag and, mm-hmm. and to look good, you know, yeah. I got to figure out what, what, what is he doing that I'm not doing? You know, I'm like, <laughs> exactly, I, exactly. Glover, give me a call. Let me know what your diet plan is or something. You know, I got, I got to get with you.
0: Like, What's your tra- training regimen, man? How many days a week? What are you doing in clork intake? <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. And he was holding his own, too, against Yuri. Like, he kept on bringing the table to Yuri, who's like half his age, and he was struggling. Who's it? That... Yeah, he's no slouch. Yeah.
1: Yuri is definitely not a slouch. I mean, he earned that title shot, you know, through through hard work. And
0: Yeah, exactly. It's freaking wild. It's wild. God. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, too. Trenton Byers, um, not to switch it quickly, but Trenton Byers, he was actually the first like Havasu City born champion.
1: We breed, and I and I tell people when, especially when I travel and and I have friends from out of state, they're like, "What's going on in Arizona?" I'm like, "We breed tough people out here." I mm-hmm. mean, if you look, what we've had past two weeks in a row, Arizona fighters gotten contracts on a Dana White contender series, you know at, it's kind of cool for me because i'm like "Ah, i I remember taking care of this guy two years ago wrapping his hands and you know him getting ready for like his pro debut and then i remember working this guy's cage and now here they are they're they're stepping up on you know the biggest stage there is for this right now you know and so it's it's real awesome to to see them grow you know from 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 amateurs to pros to you know pros on the regional and blowing up into you know to the next level and I, I hope they do good you know it's not for the best vermin mm-hmm. that's yeah. the hardest part about this is, is is a lot of times i'll have two guys that i like a lot yeah and i'm like hey i'm friends with these guys and i'm like one of them's gonna lose and one of them's gonna win and that's the way it is, you know. And I'm like, I just hope both teams have fun, you know. It's kind of like <laughs> my attitude. You know? Exactly.
0: Like, <laughs> That's how I was with uh, Devin Ray versus Enrique barcinas because yeah. I remember being at the the last event and Enrique got that first round TKO win against um, what was his name, Caleb Encinas, I think. And I, dude, Enrique, he's a badass. He's such a cool, super chill dude. I've talked to him on Instagram a few times and everything, and then. Then he goes up against uh, my guy, Devin Ray, who's representing like Havasu. And I'm like, God damn it. I like man. both of these guys. I don't want there to be any bias, even though it's like because like Havasu, I gotta rep Havasu, but no, I love the both of them. They're both outstanding guys, they're both badasses. And that's why, too, when after the fight between Devin and Enrique, when I heard that he was going to the hospital, I was like, Oh shit. So I hit him up on Instagram, make sure he was doing okay. And he was like, Yeah, I'm doing good, man. You'll see me back no time. And I'm like, Good. Yeah, he's a yeah,
1: he's a great guy. I I we, me, and my son have gone out to Baker's and to their open mats, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, he, he out there. My kid was like a two week white belt, rolling with them, and him and Austin both were like, "Here, let me show you this. Let me show you this." And then mm-hmm. I was like, "Cool, I'll roll with Austin." And I don't, I don't want to roll with him no more. It just, <laughs> it, just it, it was, he's, his jujitsu was tough. Like it just made me feel like I didn't know anything. Yeah, I'm like, I should, I'm just gonna quit after this like, <laughs> he's so good i don't want to i don't even want to talk about it people are like what was it like and i was like it's a blank spot in my mind i'm just it's I'm like that traumatic, <laughs> exactly. traumatic memories of it just he had an answer for everything i did when i when i tried you yeah. know I, I couldn't even i tried to mount an offense and then i was just on defense and everything i did defensively he just knew a million counters for and i'm like ah. That's why you do what you do. And I do what I do, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. Uh, Exactly. That's why I love jujitsu too. It's like, there are still some, like some people I know that are like, eh, it's like jujitsu seems like a waste of time, but it's like, no, it really isn't. Like the, the physical demand on not only just your body in general, but cardio wise is absolutely insane. And then it's, it's a game of chess that you're playing on the mat. It's like, okay, how am I gonna, how am I gonna transition and pass guard without compromising myself or any one of my limbs or cough up my neck for them to get a choke or how are they gonna reverse it? How can I reverse it? And it's, it's, it's a chess match and you make one wrong move and boom, it ends the whole match.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a game of inches, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I was when I was uh, still training at AZ Combat Sports for a little bit. There was this one purple belt that I was rolling with. And he was just he was perfectly nonchalant, just chilling on his back. And then me, I was on top and he had me in a half guard. And me, I'm just trying to figure out, okay, how can I, how can I position myself in a better one? How can I get into full mount? Or how can I possibly like switch up into an arm bar? And while I'm just thinking of all these uh, different things of what to do, this guy, he literally keeps putting me in a wrist lock. He put me in a wrist lock like three, four times. My hand is like caving in like this. And I'm like, oh, my wrist, my wrist. But I was able to just barely break free from it a couple of times because that was that hard and and he just had it sunk in and that's how i actually learned about wrist locks and i was like holy hell and I then I was wrist like, locks.
1: <laughs> i'm going to hell i'm an evil person and they're like <laughs> evil and i'm like i don't care i'll be evil I'm a, i absolutely love wrist locking people and yeah
0: yeah, I still I still I've been trying to figure out how to do it on my own, but every time I'm I'm rolling with people, we're doing it no gi and it's it's harder to be able to kind of lock and trap their elbow when there's so much sweat and everything versus holding there with their gi and getting it in. But it was freaking awesome. Oh yeah, I swear awesome. some of
1: these guys in no gi sweat like WD40. Like yeah. <laughs> like, <I'm> like, <laughs> like how are you so slick? Are you sweating Crisco? I mean, like, like <laughs>
0: Oh, that's fucking awesome yeah and oh it was um the day before was it the day before weigh-ins? yeah the day before weigh-ins for rough 48 i was actually rolling over at uh, uh az combat sports and i had to been rolling with the dude that was a heavyweight he had at least like 40 pounds on me but i was actually holding my own very well which i was very surprised but every single time i try to break free from his half guard or like quickly like step around and try to get on top or get side control Bro, my feet just slipping out from underneath because we're just sweating so much. It's like, bitch. Oh, no, it
1: was yeah, awesome. that's 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 our our beautiful Arizona summers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it just seems impossible to get the gym cool sometimes. Yeah,
0: you
1: know, or you got to spend like five grand on that AC bill for the gym. <laughs> it's just yeah,
0: dude. It's freaking. That's the thing that like I think especially works to
1: these Arizona
0: fighters' advantage is this heat. Cause I mean, running in the cold versus running in the heat, it does have a pretty substantial difference like cardio. Cause you gotta be able to just deal with it and get through the grind and whatnot. Like just last week, I did a three mile run from where I, from where I live to the Walmart here in town and back and bro, it kicked my ass. I had, I had heat exhaustion for a day after I was just groggy and everything, but I usually it had been a while since I've done a run like that, but usually I'd be in like 102 degrees, like in the late evening and I'll have a sauna suit on and it's just, (laughs) I lost three pounds. Don't worry, (laughs) but no, it's like, it does. It definitely does wonders for your cardio. And that's why, like, um, when I interviewed Mark Coates that one time and I asked them, I was like, how would you feel about the weather coming into Arizona? And he was just saying he was super surprised by and like he did a five minute walk to throw out the trash, came back in and he needed a two hour nap.
1: <laughs> it's also easy. That's why I tell guys They're like Is it hard to make weight. I'm like in Arizona. I to just- drive with your windows up you lose five pounds by the time you get to the scale you know like just don't turn that ac on in your car you'll, you'll you'll drop some weight you know yeah
0: exactly exactly just keep the ac off just go walking around yeah you'll lose that weight no problem yeah it's it's, it's a little easier yeah it's like we don't need saunas here that the our earth is our sauna our state is our sauna <laughs> yeah and it's like um like kapsu city is actually the hottest populated region in the entire country. So, the only place here in the U- US that's hotter than Havasu is Death Valley. So, it's Ooh. like, yeah, exactly. And it's, I get like for my job, I get a lot of people from out of country that come here and they're like, oh, it's hot. Yeah. And they're just like, like here, like from where we're from, it's like 40 degrees Celsius. And I'm like, no, for here, it's like 53, 54 Celsius, which is being like, like 120 something.
1: So, it made me fall in love with Arizona is that in the army, they had me. I was in Northern Africa in the Middle East in the July, which is a different level of heat. And oh. then I, then I, so I hit, I came to Arizona for one of my friends was getting married in like August. And, you know, it was like 95 degrees, you know, 88 at night. I thought this place was a paradise. I was like, <laughs> well, this is, this is beautiful. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm hitting this place up as soon as I can. And, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's why like if you're like people crack up whenever I tell them it's like to them, like 90 degrees will be hot or like 80 degrees will still be like super hot. And I just go walking around and like, Oh, this is nice. Yeah, I'm feeling a little yeah. bit chilly.
1: I got to get a windbreaker on or something. You know, <laughs> when it hits 80. <laughs> exactly.
0: And it's like you rarely ever snows here in Arizona, like up up like the northern end, it'll snow more, but you get mostly like the monsoons and whatnot, then it brings in some humidity. It it's like, shit, like imagine like 110 degrees with 80% humidity. Now that's a killer. Yeah, that is not fun. Yeah, that's freaking wild. That's freaking wild. But yeah, that's why I especially give like my guys here, Devin, Brandon, Trenton, as well as my guy, Patrick, I give them so much props for all the extra work that they do, especially out in this heat. Cause you know, they just wanna like, you know, get it over with, get done. They wanna drink some water, but they can't because they're trying to cut weight. And all they gotta do if they wanna just cut the weight is just throw on a sauna suit, some extra towels, just stand outside for five minutes. You'll lose that weight.
1: Yeah, I think my neighbors probably, probably, probably wanna call the cops on me when I go. Cause I usually run in the afternoons you know and right now it's something one day it was like 110 yeah and and i'm i'm out there running like headphones on like screaming old dirty bastard lyrics to the top of my lungs <laughs> just for that mental toughness and i'm like man, my neighbors probably think i'm on drugs or something you know they're like is, who's is this crackhead you know running around <laughs> screaming these words you know just, I know just to keep himself motivated they're like what's What's going on with this guy? You know, I know it's like, is, is he a psychopath? He has to be.
0: Who's going to run in 110 degrees screaming, blaring that music? I tell you what, these badasses from Rough Nation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's the heat's brutal. That's for sure. And I've been trying to do a lot more for my cardio, too, because uh, I've been I've just been primarily lifting for a while now because I ended up getting stomach surgery and then I got plantar fasciitis in my foot. And then I ended up injuring my hand as well, just before the event. And so, but getting back into uh, MMA and boxing, like here in Havasu at Fjord's Endorphin Factory, uh, Jaime Betterhona, he's a former pro boxer we'll be doing boxing for over an hour he ain't gonna turn the ac on he leaves that sucker off and there's like 10 12 people in this tiny ass room and we're all just sweating bullets like gasping for breath because we're just inhaling nothing but freaking solar rays that's how hot it is would yeah. say one thing it does great for losing weight
1: yeah well i was boxing last night and we were just doing drills with the coach and I thought I was going to die. And he told me, he's like, yeah, all right. I was like, you know, if I ever throw that many significant strikes at a guy and he's still standing up, you know, we're just hitting mitts. I'm like, I'm not coming off the stool. That guy's <laughs> a Superman, you know? I'm like, guys, you know, when you, when you train, you're just throwing, 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 which yeah. you would never do it in a boxing match. But I probably, you know, threw like 50, 60 punches in a minute. And I'm like, yeah, if I, if I hit somebody that many times and they're still going, I'm, fight's over he won he's good i'm going
0: home i need i'm gonna drink some milk you can take the belt just do it (laughs) yeah yeah
1: he's won. i'm i'm good with that (laughs) you know that guy's tough
0: (laughs) uh that's awesome uh man well what kind of gyms uh uh do you train at Alan? uh phoenix or are you're in phoenix right
1: i'm in gilbert right outside of phoenix uh i train right now out of a place called union combat we're we're a small gym in uh mesa we uh had the misfortune of opening up like december of 2019 oh no and people are like why would you guys open up right you know we're like hey you know it takes time you know you don't just say hey we're opening up and the doors are open you know Mm -hmm. so uh i believe our head coach sean started the process in september october of 2019 you know looking for a december open date so opening and right before the lockdowns was way it's bad luck um yeah we're we're pretty small Jim um you know most of our guys are are competing in like Muay Thai and, and Jiu Jitsu um, my son my youngest son just really got into it so I've been going with him and nice kind of coaching him in Jiu Jitsu and then kind of helping out the boxing coach uh, coach Tony over there who's doing great things and he's you know he's picking it up it's it's a weird phenomenon you know it's like training snakes to bite you i'm like you know he's, he's 13 i'm 43 at some point he's gonna be able to whoop my ass and
0: that's,
1: you know, and i'm teaching him how to do it you know like yeah that's awesome he'll have me taking the trash out like no dad you take trash out. <laughs> like, okay i'll get trash out you know like it's
0: like son can you do some dishes please he's like no don't hit me no
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah that's so yeah. uh, it's 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 fun you know being in there with him watching him grow and you know
0: yeah and plus it's, the, it's such a great bonding experience too
1: yeah and he's he's doing he's having fun we're all having fun that's the the main thing right now you know i'm not i'm not going to compete ever again probably you know mm-hmm. at, at this age and so it, it's kind of fun just to, to go in there to have fun you know with the you know my only goal is to have fun and you know stay mm-hmm. stay a little exercise so it's that's kind of kind of fun and i don't have to worry about weight which is nice because cake is good <laughs>
0: <laughs> burritos are good you know For i real. spent so
1: many years you know with with high school wrestling and boxing and stuff worried about my weight that like mm-hmm. now that i don't have to i'm like wait i, I can eat whatever i want yeah there you it doesn't go. matter i'm like you know we, we used to i don't know who what kind of cruel twist of fate put like Wrestling season in the middle of feasting season, you know, like like oh, it's Thanksgiving, but you got to meet that Saturday, so you know, you you get to have like a little morsel of each thing, you know. I mean, why would they do that? I don't know. It's just (laughs) it's just bad luck, you know.
0: Those animals, right after
1: Halloween and Thanksgiving, Christmas, it's all the you know the fun like time you get to like feast and nope, you're in wrestling practice and you know. You're half a pound over, so you you aren't doing anything.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> God, that sucks.
0: <laughs> the torture. Like you yeah. that's why you have to be a certified psychopath in order to get into all this stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. No, eventually I want to compete. Uh, I do want to get a couple amateur fights in because I mean, what what better way to get more experience to get into commentating than to compete and actually submerse yourself that much into the sport?
1: Yeah, it gives you a, a new understanding, you know, that that's having boxed you know when when somebody's hit and they get a cut or a mouse or something well i've been cut i've had a mouse i kind of know you know i think it gives you a better perspective as Mm -hmm. opposed to just like you know you could read all the medical books and anatomy books and and you know my wife's a nurse so she goes over them with me and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh you're losing me here (laughs) i'm like (laughs) you know I, i don't you know i understand how it works but she gets really in depth and Mm-hmm. and it's it's funny it's real funny because i I've, i do teach seminars too and and medical personnel are the hardest people to teach cut man yeah. skills too because they have medical training and they want to treat it like they would is a person coming into the emergency room had you know swelling in their eye or cut above the eye and i'm like this is different you know mm-hmm. you have about 45 seconds you just want to stop them from bleeding and have them go back out there, which is real, like counterintuitive to what a doctor would do if you walked into the emergency room with <laughs> yeah. the gas on your face. You know, they're gonna clean it, they're gonna diagnose it, they're gonna look at it, probably stitch it. You know, mm-hmm. like that happens after the fight. But I'm like, you know, it, it's it's kind of weird. Our 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 job is to make injuries kind of clean up the injury the best we can, so they can go back out there and mm-hmm. hopefully not get further injured. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man, I'm still excited to eventually actually get a fight in. I need to get I've always been kind of inconsistent, because I've never had enough time to like consistently train MMA. But once I get like, I feel like if I could dedicate like a good solid three, four months of just consistent four or five days of training, I could probably uh, do pretty good. And I'd be able to go in get that experience because it's like, to experience the adrenaline dump firsthand, to experience what it's like to be put in those high intense uh, situations where it's like, it's a question of nothing but sheer grit, toughness, and willpower, and whether or not you could determine or just like understand like what could go through a fighter's head when they're dealing with a cut above the eyebrow and it keeps coming down, coming down. How are they coping with it, what adjustments they're making and everything, like you can only get that knowledge you can only get that ability to like calm down that stuff just by experiencing it firsthand
1: yeah exactly i I agree i mean you can you can read about it you can listen to interviews you can watch it but until you're until you're there it's it's i still remember the first fight i worked as a cut man and you know we're best seats in the house like we're real close to the ring and um I'd never been that close to an MMA uh, cage before. And like, guy got took down with a huge, like double leg. Ooh. And just the imp- impact that I felt, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> Like that guy got thrown, you know, like, yeah. like just kind of threw me back for a minute. And like, and then like the, yeah, the first guy that got cut where I'm like, I got to go in and do something, you know, and <laughs> it, it's kind of, you know, I still get nervous um i get more nervous working as a cutman than i ever did in any kind of competition because and i, and I thought about it and i'm like well when i was competing be it jujitsu or boxing or, or even wrestling in high school if i made a mistake i lost yeah it's on me if i make a mistake now that might cost that guy the fight you know so i i like to think you know it's it's I feel honored that, that these fighters and coaches and promoters and stuff have that faith in me, you know, yeah. and, you know, that I can rise to that pressure, you know, which is when I think about. It, I'm like, this is really cool. You know, these people believe in me that much that, you know, they're willing to put this, you know, themselves out there for me. And, and I'm like, ah, it's a real privilege, you know? Yeah. Even though I get nervous, I, I, my wife hates fight days at the house. i I'm, I'm, I'm pacing I don't eat you know like I can't sit still she's like well why don't we watch a movie take your mind off I'm like no and once I get to the venue we get in that locker room area and and it just it kind of all washes away and it's like okay game time let's do this you know but that build up to it is just it's it drives me insane sometimes (laughs) I'm like you know I'm triple checking my bag okay I got my scissors do I got enough this do I got all the things I need you know Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, she's like, I hate fight days because, you know, those three or four hours until you leave are just, she's like, your your energy is too much for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I am because it's, I'm, I'm actually very surprised myself that I don't get, I haven't gotten as much nerves as I thought I would because I've always been socially awkward too and everything. So like reaching out to people on my own has always been something I'm like, I don't want to, I really don't. But then like just once I dive into it and I go through, I get over the panic of like, okay, I have all my equipment. There's nothing going to go wrong with the equipment. Always something goes wrong, but it better not go wrong. But then I just jump into it and it's just like I feel like I'm in my element and everything. Like when I was at the weigh ins interviewing the fighters. Um, and then we're doing the pictures and everything. It was freaking wild. And literally the entire time for the weigh-ins and during the fight event, my hand was messed up. Like it was messed up bad. There was one point. What did I was you that- do to
1: it? I noticed that. Yeah. Like you, you had it wrapped up that night. What did you do to it?
0: Yeah. So, um, what was it? Friday just like a, like an hour before the weigh ins I was at, I was in my hotel room and I was working on my pre fight interview questions and the desk that was in the room it had like a little hidden board underneath like the top section and me not even thinking I go to put my hands in my lap and twice in a row I cracked it just perfectly like right on the sweet spot of my knuckle and so the whole thing ballooned up And so, like, during the weigh-ins itself, that was when, like, all the swelling and the throbbing really started to kick in. So, like, during the pre-fight interview questions, it was, like, throbbing, setting up and taking down all the equipment and everything. And then the next morning, when I woke up and it was still feeling the same, I was like, okay, screw this. There is no way in hell I'm going to go to the hospital for a freak hand injury and miss this entire event. So, I literally went to Ace Hardware. And then I went to CVS. I got like bandages, antiseptics and everything. And I got razor blades. I went back to the whole hotel room and I cut that bitch open. I just cut it straight down there and relieved the pressure. I wrapped it, it up super tight. Yeah. Because I mean, for all I know, I go to the hospital. They're going to do just the exact same thing. But the difference is they're going to slam me with a $5,000 charge. But by the time yeah. like the, the fight event came, the swelling was going down. I was able to like do more with it. Like before I could only move my middle finger like that much, but now it's like, now I could finally like close it more and everything. And I was actually tempted at one point I was going like to go up to you. It's like, yo, Casey, can you do me a favor and just like wrap my hand?
1: Like, I don't care if it goes numb, just like wrap it good. <laughs> I've could got something. And speaking of the cut, that's, that's something that we don't do despite what you see in the movies. <laughs> I have people ask me that all the time, like, how do you know where to cut? And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I was watching Rocky and he said, cut me, Mick. I'm like, no they, we don't do that i'm like, I'm like think about it. would you really in that environment want me having a razor blade right by your eye you know, like, i mean come on how, how bad do you think there's so many ways i can go bad i know, for you know like, real. And, and i think they would just stop the fight at that point <laughs> exactly that's why the whole, like, like, sh- like athletic commission would go come down on me like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like casey get
0: your ass out of here what are you doing carrying razor blades uh yeah, now i was straight up i was like there's no way in hell i'm missing it because like my hand was a balloon so i just got a razor blade and i just opened it up and it just immediately relieved the pressure kind of drained it a bit yeah and then i wrapped it up and then like ever since then it's been getting so much better like i actually closed my hand and everything I could actually finally lift a bit again, like for almost two weeks, I was doing nothing but like cardio and leg workouts. And I really wasn't doing any upper body. But then yesterday was the first day I was actually able to like really sink in a strong workout. So I did bicep curls, tricep curls, uh, I did lat rows, chest press, all that stuff. And surprisingly enough, my hand was holding its own, thankfully, a little bit of pain, but it was still holding its own.
1: That's good. It's good. I'm glad. You know, just getting old, man. That's what happened. Got to now. You got to hurry up and get that amateur fight now. I know. I
0: know. Before, I'm already. You get I'm too old. I'm five years from thirty. I gotta hurry up, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll look forward to working that one. It'd be fun. You yeah. Know? Hell yeah. Like I said, even if you just get one, it gives you that that inside knowledge. But it's like tattoos, though. I think it hurts, but you get addicted and you want to keep going. You know, and you don't. I mean, even right now at forty three I get that itch where I'm like oh, i could do I could do like an old man boxing match and <laughs> and then I start thinking, I'm like, oh, i gotta cut weight yeah I gotta do this i'll just I'll go get a burrito and that make me happy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think the weight cut will definitely be the hardest part for me, I would say, because I'm, I have a high metabolism and I'm just kind of used to just eating what I want and still staying lean. And like if I stop lifting, I'll guarantee drop anywhere from like 15 to 20 pounds and I'll be like in the high 160s. But I know I would probably want to fight at like 155 or see if I could go all the way down to 145. So it would also be super good to experience that weight cut and just like the, the tr- the trials that the fighters have to go through just to make it happen
1: yeah those aren't fun uh, no. i don't miss those at all and you know like talking to guys you know and girls that i know that fight now like, oh, i'm in the middle of my weight cut and i'm like i'm gonna go buy a dozen donuts so <laughs> <laughs> like, let's see how this let's see who's happy but you know and like i said even just and, and that's what i think a lot of, of people don't don't understand is the, I think the hardest work is from camp to the cage you know once you get in the cage or you step in that ring that's that's when things you know knock on wood for them get get easier that whole like training you know especially amateur guys are, are pros starting out that aren't that don't have that you know six-figure contracts and stuff mm-hmm. you know a lot of these guys they have jobs you know full-time jobs they have families they got to pay mm-hmm. bills just like everybody else and you know, the sacrifices they're making just, just to get there for this shot is, is is really like, you know, a lot, nothing but respect for those guys, you know, that's hard work. You know, most people go to a 40 hour a week job and come home, sitting in front of the TV. I'm tired. These guys are, you know, okay, I got off my job. Now I'm going to the gym for two hours and now I got to watch what I eat when I get home. And then my days off, I'm in the gym eight hours, you know, preparing for this and, that's that's awesome. You know, it's it's you know, the discipline and grit that these guys have is is outstanding. And, you know, yeah. like that's huge honor for me. You know, every time I, I work with these guys, I've held like this huge honor. Like, hey, these, you know, I'm getting to work with some of the, the toughest, you know, nicest human beings on the planet. And that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. I don't, you know, most people never experience that 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 life.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's why I especially like Enrique, because he had like three fights in just like four months. And just before this fight with Devin, he had fought just four weeks before that. And it's to go from back to back camps. And like, you know, it's going to be a torture and a grind to just drop that weight again. And he still pulls through. And so it's just, that's why I have just the utmost respect for these guys. Cause it's just him awesome. being an
1: amateur, too, is, is, is he's yeah. not getting nothing. He's not getting anything for that. You know, he can't mm-hmm. get a payment. The minute you get a payment, you're pro now, you know. So he's probably coming out of, you know, coming out of his bank account. Yeah. I mean, he's probably, you know, you know, losing money to get there. And that's that kind of dedication to drive is, is just something that should be celebrated more. Yeah, you know, even if it, if you have that dedication, drive in anything, even if it's not fighting, I think it should be celebrated because that's that's you know, yeah, that's how we're supposed to be. You know, everybody wants everything handed to them, and these guys are out here busting their ass to work for it. You know,
0: mm-hmm. which As, is you know, they lead by example. Yeah, you know. yeah. So
1: that's, I see nothing, but you know, those guys that grind like that, you know, if they carry that over to every aspect of life, they're going to be fine. They're going to oh, great yeah. in life. You know,
0: hell yeah. That's why I really like uh, Antonio Ruiz as well, because he went through that three round war with Trenton and then he still goes around and he starts competing in a BJJ tournament and the fool actually got second place. I was like, hell yeah, man. I saw it on Instagram. I was like, congrats, man, and everything.
1: And like his mustache room. looked better than mine that night, so I was, I was a little upset with him. <laughs> oh, that bastard! No. I was like, I was like, man, you making me look bad, and you got to go shave. You know, like,
0: <laughs> like <laughs> we gotta get some some grease and turn it the other way. You know, we can't, we can't, we can't uh, put the shame the cut man. He's got to rock it.
1: It gets, you know, it gets hot up there on the yeah. You know, it gets real hot up there. That's why I did not have a good night as far as water went. Is. Is the wagers you got. She's like, you want a water? I was like, yeah, I love water. I'm, I'm dying <laughs> of heat. And then, uh, so I put it off on the floor, off to the side, and, and somebody knocks it over. I'm like, okay, oh, no big oh, deal. Man. No big deal. So then I'm like, she comes back. I'm like, I'm sorry to bug you again. Can I get another water? You know, and it was that, I was at that thirst where that drink of water is just like glorious. You're like, oh. So yeah. I take like two sips off it, and I cannot remember who, but one of the MMA lab guys was fighting. And Jared Cannoneer is sitting right next to me and he gets excited and he knocks my water everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, I was mad. Right. But then I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what He's am I going to do? You know what I mean? What, what am I going to do? I, I mean, die.
0: <laughs> that's, that's about to like, <laughs> Pretty like, much. He throws you know, one I'm straight, like, right. And next thing no, know, yeah. you
1: don't wake up until
0: three weeks later.
1: I'm like, a good point is if I get mad at him and gets mad at me, I probably won't feel it after the second punch, you know. Like <laughs> I mean, he was he's a nice guy too, but I'm just kind of like, man, that water was so delicious. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. felt bad, he apologized, and I'm like, it's it's not a big deal, man. But yeah, he just you know, yeah. I can't do nothing to him. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. me, you know.
0: Exactly, exactly. It was so cool to talk to him, too, because it's I I met him at the last event for the, the Road to One finale. And I stopped. I felt like I stopped him at a bit of a bad time to ask for a picture because he looked busy. And so this time around, after the events ended, I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know. I felt like I caught you at a bad time last time with asking for a picture. So I'm sorry about that. But he was so cool, so chill. So we were just kind of like chopping it up, talking about MMA, kind of laughing back and forth. And it was just freaking wild. It was just wild.
1: Yeah, it's, it's real interesting. Like I said, you know, that's what the first moment i think and i don't even remember what event the first moment i was sitting in like benson henderson sitting next to me and i'm like yeah holy shit i'm sitting next to benson (laughs) henderson and well that's just weird you know (laughs) like like i was just starting out and and i'm like how did this happen you know (laughs) it's kind of like
0: (laughs) That's how I was with Rich Franklin at the last event. I yeah. literally, and I thought, so, I thought it was so fucking hilarious. I felt so bad. But like after the event ended and he was talking to a couple other guys that was in the, in the cage, I straight up went up to Rich Franklin and those other guys and asked them like, Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys, but if you can't, can you just move over a little bit? I'm going to do like a little scream announcement. And then I just go right into it. And I'm like, don't kick my ass Rich Franklin. <laughs>
1: he's a guy he's in great shape too i mean yeah he he's, is he's in phenomenal shape and i follow him on instagram and we talk occasionally on there and he posts his workout videos and i'm like yeah i'm i'm lazy you know, like, <laughs> like, i see what he's doing and i'm like i just did like a 30 minute kettlebell workout i don't even think i hit his warm-up <laughs> you know man i
0: know the dude will be on like a 12-hour flight will still come home and still do two yeah. hours of working now and i'm like shit i yeah. want your energy levels man what's your secret
1: Dan, yeah, he's he's another great guy too you know he's he's definitely like a he's a living legend of this sport you know yeah and he's just incredibly approachable funny and nice and just just a, just a good human being you know
0: yeah yeah, it's, that's why, again, it's just it's such a privilege and it's an honor to just be a part of all of this, because I also came into this with no experience at all. It was just it was originally I was managing J.J. Nelson and Patrick Boffman. And then that's how I got introduced at the, the quarterfinals to MMA Stalker and row, And then going from there, just getting experience in now interviewing fighters just like man this is absolutely credible i'm just you had so, a great I'm,
1: suit i remember you had a great yeah. suit that night
0: yeah i gotta look good you know i gotta represent i had to make a good impression God, I'm i was I cool
1: did. i was impressed but i was like wow this guy's not a fighter probably because he's in that suit he's there doing who you know I'm like who is this guy and then yeah if out you're manage him i'm like ah Came in, look at styling to manage these guys. Nothing yeah. but respect for that, you know.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's why I had to look good too for the pre-fight interviews. So I had to make sure I had my button up, I had my uh, my uh, shoes. I had to make sure I was looking good. One thing I forgot was my watch, and I was like,
1: "Damn it!" Oh, I can't forget to watch. Got oh, accessorized, man. man.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but hey, I'm just I'm still glad to be a part of all of it. It's absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's awesome, man to do that it's definitely great you know and everything's growing it's it's still i mean in the grand scheme of things this is still a new sport you know yeah you look at pro football has been you know i don't know forever baseball has been you know probably 100 years old basketball has been around forever and and the explosiveness and growth of it you know if you would have told me even you know my first live mma event was ufc three i was i was 16 and we we snuck out, you know, like, oh, I'm staying at my friend's house, mom, and he's like staying at my house, you know. And it was before cell phones and yeah and stuff. And then we we drove out to this van. If you would have told me that like it was on ESPN at one point, this is going to be on ESPN, I'd have been like, you're high as shit. Like, <laughs> they're not going to put this on ESPN. You know, there's no way that they're going to have this. You know, on the same thing that the NBA and Major League yeah. Baseball and stuff and. You know and here we are you know and, and we got bellators on showtime now and kabate globals on on multiple channels and you know it, it's starting to grow at a level that you know it's really fast given you know the short time frame that the first ufc event was 1993 so damn you know, it that wasn't that long ago like i remember watching that you know and yeah and i remember going to, to blockbuster video and and they had the video it was it, it was almost like the porno movie section in a place where it was like it was this back corner where they had like faces of death and world's scariest car crashes and like ufc like <laughs> yeah. that's how it was viewed it was that it was a you know they they would look at you weird when you grabbed it like this guy gonna what's wrong with this guy you know <laughs> exactly. and now here it is you know you got i, I went to the store the other day and there was fighters on you know posters for selling products and yeah wow what a long way we've come you know in yeah such a short time and and you know now we're starting to see more and more people like take a look at regional events and, mm-hmm. and regional events getting on pay-per-view which is great because i mean here here you are these are the guys of the future you know yeah these these are the guys that are going to be champions two or three years from now you know you know we had, we had waldo he was fighting you know on rough six seven months ago or something like that or maybe a year ago i can't remember how long but now he's now he's fighting for the ufc on in october yeah you know it wasn't that long ago that you know he was he was with us and and it's pretty awesome you know that's that you know that the support that's happening for that you know yeah like i said the fans you got to give it up to the fans they definitely bring Mm. the energy and fun to the event more than anything you know
0: yeah exactly that's what steven was telling me too um uh, like with just the energy and like he said like the energy that you guys bring from Havasu is absolutely incredible and I'm like hey we got to represent it's like especially here in Havasu there's such a passionate love for this sport and it's just so incredible to see the growth too because it's like I posted a post fight video of Trenton just one week 4,000 views here in Havasu and it's just absolutely incredible
1: I, I've been up to Havasu and got probably a decade so
0: now you got to come down
1: yeah you gotta come down down. i'm about to find find a gym up there there's like an open bad do a drop-in or something sometime when i get up there
0: oh yeah there Uh, you go well i'll get you a shot at the bar too
1: i got got suckered into that one (laughs) I I. I i think moose and marcus uh Strong armed me into that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Moose dragged me over to it too. I literally like, what, my... what
1: are we doing? <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> exactly.
0: That was and my was first like, ah, time ever. Yeah. And I want to my... do
1: this and I'm looking around, I'm like, oh crap, I gotta do this. <laughs> And then he's like, well, you kept going. I'm like, hey, man, once you get on the ride, you just got to hold on and just take it to the end. You know,
0: exactly, exactly. And that was my first time ever taking a shot of Jameson. That's why in that Instagram video, you just see me duck quickly behind moose. Cause I'm like, I inhaled half of it. I'm like, oh, no, oh, oh, oh. like I saw Jesus for five minutes. He was giving me a full <laughs> lecture on the Garden of Eden. That's how bad it was. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't uh, I don't drink too often, so it, it hits me pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we ended up like at a chili dog spot at like 2 30 in the morning on Mill <laughs> Avenue. It was amazing though. I mean, that spot was great. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he even said he's like, our food was good. I'm like, was it really good? <laughs> or was those two shots what made it that good? <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Exactly. My go-to
0: after like drinking is always McDonald's. I don't know why, but a greasy McDouble that just hits the spot.
1: Oh, I get crap. I'm a huge fan of McDonald's. Like, <laughs> people are like, "You eat that stuff?" I'm like, "Bro, I'm the first in line when they bring the McRib back." You know, like, like
0: <laughs> exactly. I love
1: McDonald's. I don't know what it is. It's just it's it's like I don't like a lot of fast food, but like McDonald's and Popeyes are. Yeah. I can eat them all day. You know, it's probably not great for me, and I, I won't eat it all day. But I could literally just eat that all day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I'm still addicted to the McChickens. I always get the McChickens because they're cheap, but they taste good. And it's like, I don't eat. I inhale.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's like I said, I don't eat. I have a hard time eating before before fight. So usually yeah. by the time it's over, I'm freaking starving and, you know, it gets late, you know. Yeah. So I'm trying yeah. to find it's sometimes that's the only place open, you know, at, at eleven mm-hmm. thirty, twelve o'clock in the morning, you know, and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to get the chicken sandwich, like you're saying.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you remember seeing me, too, when CJ had me doing a little security for that door. As you guys kept coming in and out, you just see me eating my Burger King. Or no, my Jack in the Box <laughs> right there by the door. And I'm like... Oh, I was trying to get know? some
1: from you. Remember? I was like, where's mine? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I
0: know. <laughs> it's like, don't worry. I bought it for you. It's at the store still. Don't worry. You can go <laughs> grab it. I'll cash out. That's <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I'm sure you probably got some things you got to do.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I do. Not my wife will find some stuff for me to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But thank you so much for having me on. It's been fun. Anytime you want to do it again, let me know.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you for coming on. It's a privilege as always to have you on and be able to talk to you, man. Again, it's fucking awesome. I love it all.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. You have yourself a great day.
0: Yeah, you too, man. I'll
1: see you hopefully see you
0: soon. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And for the fans, thank you guys so much for watching again. This is Josh said what the podcast that will change the world. We going to make sure it I guarantee it. So like share, subscribe, comment, do all the stuff that I don't remember to do. And now I'm also on uh, Spotify, anchor FM and on iTunes podcast. So check it out and we'll see you in the next one.